boy, do we have a doozy for you guys today. And I'm actually, this is one of those things that I am very excited to talk about. Welcome back to Womenology, if we weren't clear about that before. Womenology is the new name, the new name of the podcast that we're going by. I'm Kristen, and joining me today is Sarah. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing at that, but what? I am. Okay. <laughs> so when we put this together, we always come up with topics before each show, and then we talk about them before the show, and I sometimes write up something, and Sarah sometimes writes, writes up something. You might even call and it a syllabus. You might... Dude, it's in the syllabus. That's my new favorite <laughs> phrase now. And <laughs> so today, we were going to record last night, or Sarah asked me, to, can you record uh, on Monday night? And I yesterday, was I had class and practicum, and my class ends this week, so it's a bit of a jam-packed week. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I don't really... Like, do we know what we're talking about yet? And so we kind of have been bat- we're batting around a few things. And then today... Like two hours before the show, <laughs> I was reading The Cut and I was listening to their, uh, it's called The Cut on Tuesdays podcast uh-huh. and it's hosted by Gimlet Media. So and good. it's called So Good. And it's the episode today for The Cut on Tuesdays is called A Million Bad Men. And we will get to that. But holy mother fucking I I cannot prepare you people enough for it. Yeah. So that good said, one. <laughs> good one. Very good one. Sarah, mm-hmm. you wanted to talk about your gym. <laughs> I did, and I still do. Yeah, the reason I wanted to record on Monday um, is because I, I want to skip the gym on Monday. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And I, I work a nine to five. So typically we're recording this at like, you know, the, the six o'clock hour ish. Um, and I really like to skip the gym on Monday because it's the most crowded. And he, mm-hmm. here's, here's what happens. So not only is it the most crowded, um, which means that the air is just, it's just swamp like, right? It's just mm-hmm. like humid, soupy. There's all kinds of new smells. Um, and, you know, it's it's just unpleasant. Um, but even when my gym is not crowded, it can be unpleasant. So let me let me let me tell you some things that I hate, and you could tell me if I'm being unreasonable because maybe I am. When the gym is nearly empty, and someone comes directly next to you on a cardio machine, even though there are rows and rows of empty ones. <sighs> mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> Why? 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 And I hate to invoke a Seinfeld reference, but I need a buffer. Yeah, I, I, I don't get it. And I don't get it I, either. Is it reasonable for me to move? Because I have before. Like, I don't always, but depending on who you are, like, if the gym is nearly empty and you come to be right by me unnecessarily and you're mm-hmm. on the phone, Oh, no, 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 I will no. leave. I will go to a different machine. I'll go to a yeah. different row. Um, yep. If you, yeah, if if I can smell what you had for dinner on your breath and I have mm-hmm. the opportunity to leave, I'll leave. But yeah. mostly I just, I don't understand 
why people so badly want to be near me because they never talk to me. I always had have headphones in, right? So mm-hmm. it's it's never like I make a, a new friend. Right. That's not it. So what the fuck is this? What is this? I really do feel like there's sort of an unwritten rule with the gym that in like in the case that you're suggesting if all the other treadmills are empty, why are you taking the one next to me? I have a theory, and I'm sure you do as well. But my theory is that people need competition to motivate them. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah, I, absolutely. And I and here's the thing: I've done that. Okay. And I and not I haven't consciously done it, meaning I haven't you know sought out a treadmill next to somebody. But if I'm on the treadmill next to somebody, and I look at their time, I'm like, ooh. And I'll try to, I'll try to match it. So it's not like, it's not a malicious thing. It's more, oh, this is a great motivator for me. Okay. Well, that I, that I understand if you're, you're at similar paces and resistance. What I don't get is, again, completely empty gym, right? And someone comes right next to me and they start, start doing this like really exaggerated near run on the elliptical and they have their resistance set to like five and I'm at 60 (laughs) next to them. Like we're not competing. Yeah. Why are you near me? (laughs) I I don't, it just, it really could just be uh, like something there. It's something subconscious that they're not even aware of. I don't know. Maybe I'll go near where the other person (laughs) is, or maybe it's, I feel safer next to somebody else. That could be. I mean, I I, I don't maybe know. Maybe you're just a bitch. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's possible. And that's why I asked when this began, like, am, am I being unreasonable? Because I don't want to talk to anyone. Like, the only conversation I want at the gym is to potentially communicate about, like, weight machines and, like, are, are you almost done? <laughs> yeah. Or, or whatever, right? Like, did you see this get wiped down? You, that kind of thing. Like, yeah, I'm all business. Yeah. I know I go to a gym on the Upper East Side. I uh-huh. go to Equinox and it's supposed to be this quote unquote luxury gym. And it's a nice gym, but I, I, let's just say, I don't know if I see the luxury <laughs> aspect of it. Uh, and in any case, because of my location, which is the Upper East Side, the clientele skews much older. Okay. So, I'll go usually before I, anytime I do a yoga class, I do about 20 minutes on the treadmill, especially now because I'm studying. And so I, I don't know if I, I overheat. I don't know what the story is, but by the time I get into the yoga studio, I'm dripping wet and sweat and I'm really warm. And the studio oftentimes uh, there's another class before it, so it can be kind of muggy uh-huh. or if the fans are on because they're clearing out the, like the mugginess from that class. It's it's kind of cool and I really like it. So one day I'm on it's one of those cool days and the fans are going and I'm cooling down and I'm stretching and this woman walks in, she's an older woman, and she goes right up to all the like the control panel where the instructor usually goes to plug in all the stuff. She goes right over to it, flick, 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 turns all the fans off. What? And I said, excuse me. And she said, It's cold in here. I said, Not for me, it's not, and I pay the same amount you do. And so she 
went back. And you know, one of those, I like, I wanted to go to the bathroom, but I knew the minute I left, she'd yeah. start bitching about me. So I stayed. Yeah. Also, if it's cold in there, like, well, you're about to start moving, right? Right. You're about to start moving. But keep in mind, these older women, they're, they're very thin. Sure. Yeah. You know, no, these I, women I, the- I know what happens when you, when you get old, you're always right. cold. Right. You're, you're always cold and I understand it, but at the very least, can we, how about we leave them on for half the class and leave them off for half the class? What do you think? Compromise. Easy peasy. Well, I would think the, um, rational thought process would be like, I don't own this building. I don't control the temperature. Right. This is not my place. (laughs) Right. I don't do that. And then there's a guy I take cycling every Tuesday morning and it's the same class every week. And there's this one guy that goes every week and I see him always standing outside the studio as the class is starting. And he comes in like five minutes after class starts and he takes the bike in front of me and he puts the flashlight on for his phone. And keep in mind, the studio is dark at this point. What? So the flashlight from his phone goes right into my face. Why is it on? (laughs) Because he needs to set up his bike. And so- the uh, he he did it once, twice, three times, and I said, "Are you going to say anything to the instructor?" And he said, "You know, so and so." He's like, "You you can't be doing that." He's like, "You you got to you got to come in on time." And he's standing outside the studio, so he knows class is starting. But typical white man, you know, oh, I can come in when I want, and I can inconvenience people. No, you can't. So I went down and I complained about him because the, the instructor said his name. And I said, this guy does it all the time. I nearly fell off my bike once. I'm really tired of it. Yeah. I don't like the entitlement. You don't own this place. <sighs> Fucking people, man. Um, there is one thing I, I really like about my gym. <laughs> and I bet you don't get to enjoy this because uh, you go to a luxury gym and I do mm-hmm. not. But my favorite thing about my gym is when I see people who are dressed wildly inappropriately for any gym. <laughs> Meaning like and they're, what? And they're working out. I don't, I don't mean like um, bra as a shirt. Like that's, that's fine. I'm not, I'm not trying to judge like that. I'm saying like jeans. <laughs> yes. I've seen that. I've seen that, but you know what? I've seen it on older men. Oh, it's my favorite. It's, it's you know, so older people. <laughs> you know, and as much as I look at it, I'm like, what are you doing? And then I realize, I hope to God at 75 years old, I'm coming to the gym, you know? And then you realize that a lot of these older people, they are looking to stay part of society. Yeah. You know, they, they, like maybe they're waiting to see if the gym sticks before they invest in workout gear. That's what I mean. It's really endearing to see people in like jorts. <laughs> Jorts. Oh, jorts. Believe it or not, I've seen some jorts. God bless bless their heart. Speaking of bless their heart, um, let's talk about a fascinating Dear Prudence letter that went up this week. Yeah. Shout out to my husband for finding that and sending it to me. (laughs) Shout out to your husband. Uh, Do do you want to read it or do you want me to read it? Oh, I don't have it up. So if you have it up. Oh, okay. Okay. Dear Prudence. I have three close friends I've known since high school. Two of them love social media, and whenever we are together, they take pictures to post online. I don't really like social media and only have one account, which I rarely check. 
When I was having lunch with one of my friends, she told me that Sally had been editing the photos she posted to make me look heavier and showed me the before she had on her phone and the after Sally had posted. There was a noticeable difference. I find this behavior really odd, and I'm not sure how to address it with Sally, since I never imagined this would be a situation I would have to bring up with a friend. I want to ask her why she's doing this and also to stop, but if they're her photos, I can't really control what she does with them. Should I decline to be in any photos she takes? It makes me uncomfortable that she's publicly changing my body. <sighs> I, I have thoughts. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. You go first. Well, I I want to talk about if you were the the letter writer, what would you do before you wrote to Prudence? Because I can tell you what I would do, which is I would Photoshop the shit out of this person and post as many photos as I had. Wow. <laughs> I would, would you just, like a bowl, a, a bowl of milk with that, Kitty? I would just do it back. <laughs> You are a petty bitch. How did I not know this about you? <laughs> you know, you got to fight petty with petty. <laughs> here's the here's what sticks out to me. The friend of the of the two of them, the mutual friend comes to the letter writer and says, "Hey, you should probably know that so and so is doing this." Uh -huh. Here's a wild thought. Wild thought. Shut your fucking mouth. Why tell her if she's not on there, if she was never going to see it, right? right. Why yeah. say anything other than yeah. you want to cause trouble? Yeah. You want to, you want to stir the pot a little bit. Right. Right. I mean, I think there's a little bit of like, oh, if it were me, I'd want to know. And that's probably true. I fucking is, hate that excuse. Well, I mean, it is an excuse, but there's, there's, there's always a, an element of that. You mm -hmm. know? Well, I think there's more of a, Oh, I better say something because if she finds out, I knew she's going to be mad at me. Sure. Yeah, that's, that's fair. <laughs> so my guess is why the woman is doing, there's two, two reasons. Mm -hmm. One, I think there might be more to this story and that the letter writer isn't as innocent as she portrays herself to be. There is definitely more to this. Right? <laughs> now, let me tell you something. After somebody, after reading letters like this for 10 years, I very quickly learned how to figure out the gaps <laughs> in the story. And there's a big fat gap in this story because yeah. that sounds very malicious. Why would your friend be doing that to you? Uh, unless your friend has some sort of body dysmorphia or eating disorder or is just insecure and wants to look thinner. Right. Well, that I mean, that's, yeah, all, all of those are pretty likely, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I just, so what, so what would you do, though? What would I do? If someone came to me about it, I would probably go to the friend and say, what's up with this? Because I'm super like, I don't know if you know this about me. I'm very delicate and not at all confrontational. So I totally know how to approach situations like this. Whereas I, I would go to the woman, I would go to the friend and say, what is this about? Why are you doing this? Are you, do you realize you're doing it? Are you trying to like, are you maybe Photoshopping the pictures to make, to make yourself look different and, and I'm getting affected too. I don't know. Help me, help me understand. Hmm. That's, that's very generous. I would definitely make a slideshow and email it to her. Wow. <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> Jesus, I would never want to get on your bad side. Um, I don't know that I would post it online necessarily. I, I, it just would be like a gotcha, bitch. <laughs> oh my god. Well, yeah, you sound delightful, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would just because there are so many things that could be behind this that are not malicious. Like my first thing, if this were a close friend of mine, my first thought would be, shit, did I do something to piss her off? Like, did I do something? Oh, clearly. Right? Yeah. Like if this I, were I'm a close sure. friend of mine, I would think, did I, did I do something? If I did, let's talk about it. If it's if worth if the friendship's worth it, then you do what you can to save it. But this to me, and I think we all have been in these friendships and we know friends like this, where people are more friends out of um, necessity because they don't have anybody else or sure. they just aren't very good friends. And this just sounds... <laughs> that may be the case. <laughs> the three of them, honestly, I, I kind of hate all of them. Well, there's definitely more to this story. I agree yeah. with you. But just based on what is here, I um, clearly would have offered different advice. Clearly. in the actual story because... Given all all the information, I maybe wouldn't <laughs> maybe wouldn't advise uh, putting together a slideshow of your own. But yeah, <laughs> but uh, based on what's here, there was a noticeable the difference. I find this behavior really odd, and I'm not sure how to address it. I don't. I just. I like you said. We're not getting the full story because this sounds very malicious. But there's always there's also a very big chance that there's something going on with a friend. So, so I I kind of think that the best friendships are a little competitive, and when that goes right, you bring out the best in each other. Mm -hmm. And when it goes wrong, this happens. You Photoshop each other. <laughs> you, Photoshop, you Photoshop each other to be twenty pounds heavier. Um, okay, let's expand on that for a second. Okay, so a good friendship. You think uh, there's there's a healthy level of competition. I mean, sometimes when it's when it's appropriate. Like, let's say you work in similar industries. I think you should be able to congratulate each other for advancing, getting promoted, whatever. But but also, you should be encouraging each other to strive, right? And to to put your name in the ring for those promotions and that kind of thing. Like, you you shouldn't be stabbing each other in the back you shouldn't be um trying to hold each other back but i think yeah encouraging and i don't know if competing is really the right word but sometimes it is motivating i think it's a good word yeah. it's yeah that's, that's a more positive that's word. more positive word um yeah. I, yeah, I can see that. I, I can, I can see that I, as long as it doesn't get, long as it doesn't start involving guys or relationships. Oh yeah. No, that's, that, that's then it's just petty. Right out. <laughs> um, yeah. And you would know petty, wouldn't you? <laughs> I guess I would. <laughs> All right. Enough with this one because now I'm, now I'm afraid of you. <laughs> All right. Okay. 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 So I'm going to warn everybody that, we're going to talk about this podcast. There are going to be spoilers in it. So I will put a timestamp in the, in the show notes to let you know what you can fast forward to, to be spoiler free, but there will be spoilers in this. If you haven't listened to it, you might want to stop now and look at the link in the show notes and listen. If you want to listen to this particular, the section that we're talking about probably starts about 20 minutes in. 
and uh, you can start from there and listen to it and then come back. But whew. all right. So this is called blocking a million bad men. And it's about online harassment that we, the, the online harassment that women deal with all the time. And one thing I will say is even when I'm uh, sending out the setting up the um, my social media scheduling uh, for all my different accounts, I'm very careful about what hashtags I use for say Twitter because I know what's going to attract the the trolls, the MRAs. Oh, and interesting. Yeah. I mean, you put feminist or feminism in there, you're out. You're just going to get inundated. And yeah. I am just, I, I just have stopped. I just, like, I can't, re- I just can't respond to them anymore. I can't deal with it. And again, this is part of the reason why I, I closed down the column is, I mean, the people who were writing comments at this point, they were just trolls. That's unfortunate. You know, they were just people who were, I couldn't, I just couldn't deal with it. And I wasn't going to engage. It wasn't intelligent discourse anymore. So I'm very careful about what I put out there because it, it certain hashtags attract the trolls and I don't want to deal with it. Now, as a woman who has been writing online and you and I come from, we're, we're, we're two very different, you know, I've always been public, not always, but I've had a public persona for a very long time and you haven't. And so we're not, you still don't. And we're navigating that. And it's not that you're doing anything you're not supposed to be doing because you're perfectly, this is perfectly ethical for you to be. It's not like you're saying anything wrong. It's not like you're doing anything wrong. You're, you just don't want a, a, extensive online presence, which is smart for someone who works in your field. Yeah. You know, again, she's not, she's not doing anything wrong. She just, it's a personal choice. You know, you have, well, and I'll tell you, um, I have gotten a little more adventurous as I have aged because people are just less interested in me now. (laughs) By people, I mean students. Uh Uh-huh. Right. Like when I was in my 20s, I mean, they definitely would have sought out the podcast and listened to it. And now they yep. could not care less what I do in my free time. Right. So. Yeah. And it, it is. It's different. It's just when you're a teacher, it's everything's different. You know, mm-hmm. when social media, it's just a completely different ball game. So um, whereas, you know, I've been doing this for a long time and I've, I'm pretty inoculated to uh, the attention and to the feedback. And so uh, I'm used to it. And I, I, I pretty much, I think if there is any, you know, negativity, which we've been really lucky, people have been really lovely, uh, you know, as I've started this podcast, um, you know, it'll typically be directed at me because I'm the one doing the tweeting and the, I'm talking about it more and blah, blah, blah. Well, I do tweet, but you, no one cares. <laughs> <laughs> you do tweet. That's the difference. That's the difference. So, but online harassment for women is it basically all a woman has to do is create a profile of anything on any mm-hmm. platform. Yeah. And they're being hit on and they're being deconstructed and they're being criticized and they're being threatened and attacked. And in all the years that I wrote that column, there was only one time and it was just a few summers ago that a guy started kind of, I wouldn't say stalking me, but um, was writing me. He had set up a program to just flood the the blog with comments. 
And I don't know what the story was. I think he submitted a letter and he didn't like the response. So he took the letter and he reprinted it on another forum. And then um, he came to me and he's like, you stole this from another forum. And I'm like, dude, I've, I have it submitted to me in Gmail. It has the IP address on it. Like I can prove that I didn't. And then it started, then it started escalating to the point where it was, you know, I could slit your throat. Right. Right. <laughs> and that was the first time I had gone to the police and I had to fill out a report. And let me tell you something. When I went down there to fill out this report, they couldn't have given less of a shit. They oh, yeah. I'm did sure. not care. Uh, talk to me almost like, so wait a minute. What, what are you saying? Like, ugh, are you really bothering me with this? Could not have been bothered. Didn't care. And when you listen to this story, so now we're getting into the story. So a woman, her name is Francesca, starts receiving a bunch of emails from ex-boyfriends out of the blue. And she's like, what the hell is going on? And eventually a friend contacts her and says, hey, I just got a friend request from your, this, this ex of yours. And he's got a half naked picture of you as your as his profile photo and she's like what and so now after like months of getting all these emails and comments on uh, she doesn't have she has very little social media presence right and that's why she was so unnerved by this she's like why am i suddenly getting all this attention when i'm i really don't have because she was a social worker and again that's another field where they have to be very very careful so she finally goes to a lawyer and the lawyer, the, really. the only lawyer that she could <laughs> find for revenge porn at the time. This was what, what was it? 2014 or 15? Uh, 16, I think. Okay. 2016. The one lawyer she could go to that's really specialized in this. And so she mm -hmm. tells the lawyer, you know, here's the account and this is my ex and debt. And the, and the lawyer looks at everything and she said, mm -mm. she said, this doesn't feel right. And she's, well, Francesca says, well, what do you mean? And she said, this doesn't fit the pattern because they looked into the boyfriend, the ex, and the ex was like carrying on his life perfectly fine. Everything was good. They checked his finances. They checked all this stuff. He was just sort of living his life and there was no issues. And the lawyer was saying, mm, this is something's not right here. So, so wouldn't it be interesting to know the, um, the, the pattern? I mean, the implication is like, oh, ex-boyfriends, um, right? you know, resurface and pull out the revenge porn when their lives are in the toilet. But I wonder what the other signs are. Well, the other, the other that she said, you know, the, that Francesca, she didn't have any sort of, she wasn't like in the news. She wasn't a topic of discussion. Right. She didn't, there was nothing that was attracting people or seeking her out in any way. You know, this was someone who right. had- No, I, I'm saying, I wonder um, like what the other pattern is for men who do this. Being a man, I think, is, <laughs> I mean- Well, that's a prerequisite. That's a yeah. prerequisite, right? Uh, so yeah, I think, I mean, I think the finances, they, you know, are they financially hurting? Are they going to try and blackmail her or extort her, or extort her or whatever? Mm -hmm. So she continues to get these emails. And one day- she gets an email because, and I kind of chuckled at this. She gets an email from a woman who is suing her, 
saying yeah. that she's being sued for giving her herpes uh, because uh, she is the new girlfriend of an ex. And this new girlfriend was con contacted this woman, Francesca, and said, you're, you're being sued. You gave my ex herpes and he gave it to me. And, and Francesca's like, what the fuck is going on? So she takes it to the lawyer and the lawyer's like, yeah, this isn't a thing. Right. Yeah. You can't get sued via email. You can't get sued via email. And she called the law firm that was supposedly representing this, this new girlfriend. And the law firm's like, I've never heard of this person or these people. We have no idea what's going on. So now things are really getting, I mean, obviously terrifying, but, but baffling. Like who, what is going on? So the lawyer, because she's brilliant, says, send me the PDF and we're going to look on, you know, we're going to look in the back end and see what we can find out. And so her tech person looked, or her associate or whatever, looked into the back end of the PDF, looked into the, the details to see if they could find anything. And they found a name. And the name was Juan Thompson. That was the person who had saved the document last. So they call Francesca and they said, Francesca, we need you to come to the office. You're not to talk on your cell phone. And you have to call. Right now they said, uh, call us from a landline. So she calls from the landline. She's like, you need to come into the office. You're not to talk to anybody. You're not to text or make any calls on your cell phone. You're just to come straight to this office and you're not to tell anybody where you're going. So now Francesca's freaking out. So she gets to this office and she walks into this conference room and there are all these pictures on the table of Juan Thompson. And the lawyer says, do you recognize this man? And Francesca says, that's my boyfriend. Wait a minute. <laughs> so that at that point in the podcast, I audibly went <gasps> yeah i did talked <laughs> because i always see where these things are going and i did not see this coming it's very hard to shock me or surprise me mm -hmm. but holy shit mm -hmm. and as we found find out juan thompson um what they he she was still with him at the time she was she was like living yeah. with him yeah, current boyfriend. Current boyfriend. And the harassment started something like two to three months after they got together. Yeah. Now, here's what's interesting. And, and she said, because I can remember him saying to me, God, I can't believe you dated a, a guys like who would do stuff like this to you. And yeah. wow. You what terrible taste you have right. in men. Good thing you're, you're with so me. You're so lucky you found me. Good, you're so lucky you found me. Now, oh. okay. Because now we all know what he was doing, which was... Mm -hmm. We, he was sort of isolating her to some degree and convincing her, you don't have anybody but me. And, yeah. and it reminds me of that um, assassination of, of Versace. And there's one scene where and this, he, Andrew kills one guy in the apartment of his ex-boyfriend. And he kills one guy, rolls him up in a rug, holds the guy hostage in the apartment for a day, and the whole time he's saying to David, his name is uh, Dave, what was David Madsen, was the ex-boyfriend. And the whole time he's saying, you know, if, when the police come in here, David, 
they're not going to see two two victims. They're going to see two suspects. They hate us, you know, and they use they they think we're f words, you know, the f words for gay men, and you know what you're going to end up spending ten years. And he isolated him and convinced him that he was not going to have any life unless he went on the road and went on the run with him. Yeah. So he convinced him to, by doing these terrible things that, that he needed, David, you need me, you need me to get by. And this is very similar. This, this situation, oh, yeah. this Juan Thompson apparently um, had been fired from his job. He was a writer for the intercept yeah. and he was fired for fabricating sources. And Which Francesca didn't know at the time. She just knew he was fired. She just knew he and was fired. Kindly gave him the benefit of the doubt and then let him move in with her. Yeah, and see, mm-hmm, this is where we kind of go, <laughs> how, okay. You know, there is that moment of, and, and I think that is the scariest part of this because we need to believe that she, on some level she knew. And you know what? I don't think she did. If I, I mean, and I, I'm just going to sound like an asshole, but I didn't figure this out. Like I had no idea where this is going because that I wouldn't even I consider didn't either. it. Yeah. So why would she consider it? Right. Well, and, and she, she, um, she says that the, you know, the reason she let him move in is because he seemed really different. He seemed to be on the same page with her about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. He seemed, yeah. And, to really care about the things she cared about. Yeah. You know, he would talk to her about work and really engage with her on a level that other boyfriends didn't. Uh, and it, I mean, it turned out <laughs> it was because he had, he was spying on her. She right? was and reading her, what was her journals? Yeah. And he was reading everything, everything he could get his hands on. He had <laughs> so completely you know, violated her yeah. and got to know everything, everything she wanted. And he became that guy. Which is so creepy. I mean, it's, I, so we need some levity here. Uh, horrifying, horrifying. And it gets worse. So he spends the next, I don't know how many months calling in bomb threats, uh, calling the police and saying she's, um, she has child porn on her computer. Mm-hmm. Um, saying that she's abusing clients. She's abusing clients. That she's threatening to kill the president. I think. And this is what I don't. I don't think that one. No. Oh, that's just, everything. I everything just imagine short of that. that. <laughs> Anywho, um, I. It was just this array of terror. Literally, she, he was he was accusing her basically of being a terrorist, mm-hmm. and they would keep coming to her door and coming to her door. And she would say, it's Juan Thompson. It's Juan Thompson. It's Juan Thompson. Here's the file that I have on him. It's Juan Thompson. Now, do you think they did anything? No. No, they did not. No, they did not. Not until there was a, 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 a threat to a major group because he called in a bomb threat to a JCC. Something, yeah, I, something like that. To a that. Jewish community center. Yes, a JCC. Yeah. And that's when the police took notice. And what the lawyer said was, you know, they just, she just kept going back and going back. And boy, oh boy, here's the funny thing. They could find her lickety split. Yeah. 
But even when she was saying, this is who it is, they couldn't find him. And that's the lawyer said that was the most frustrating part is he was so elusive. They yeah. could not find him. And it wasn't until he called in a threat, this fucking idiot. And these people always do it to themselves. And by these people, I mean, um, crazy people. Yeah. Sociopaths. <laughs> they always yeah. do themselves in. He called in a bomb threat under his own name, like as himself. And then later called and said, my girlfriend's trying to uh, frame me for a bomb threat. Yeah, just to switch it up, just I guess. Switch it like, up. I guess he got bored. I believe that's how they, they caught him. It's like, really? You needed him to tell you who he was? Because she was telling yeah. you all along who it was. And you didn't fucking listen to her. So nope. uh, he's now in jail for a whopping five years. And, uh, you know, this woman's life has been destroyed. But boy, yeah, and he's appealing. Good he for is. him. Oh, good for him. I hope the justice system works mm-hmm. in his favor. And what I need to say is this woman, Francesca, and her lawyer are fucking badasses. And I really, truly hope that Francesca is able to find some kind of healing and recovery from this because what an absolutely scarring experience this has to be. Because it's- it's How could you ever trust your gut again? Because it's not just a like, just, just not just a violation of her trust. It was a, she didn't trust herself anymore, and that's the worst part, right? Anytime we meet these sort of narcissistic, abusive men or partners, you know, I always saw myself as as very very smart, and yet I was so completely bamboozled by Gareth that, and I know I keep bringing this up, but it's sort of, it goes with the, it goes with the topic. And that was the thing that always got me is I should have known, I should have known he was an abuser. I should have known he was a narcissist. I should have known. And I didn't. I mean, every, everybody's got a, got a want Thompson, <laughs> not to that degree. It has a, what has a want Thompson. Um, yeah. Yeah. But not, hopefully not to that degree, but you know, there's all kinds of ways that um, men can, ingratiate themselves make you think that you need them uh and and just sort of hold you captive i mean yeah i don't i don't even want to talk about all the ways because i don't want to give anybody any ideas ideas. horrifying (laughs) horrifying i i had chills when i when i was listening to this i i just couldn't get over it how like what that to to look back and think i was sleeping next to this man Every yeah. night. Well, and their the whole course of their relationship was something like eighteen, 18 months. Eighteen months, and he started this two or three months later. Exactly. So it that's just that's such a long I, time. Like I'm sure they talked about marriage. They must have talked about their future together. I mean, what did I bring? How it's terrible. It's just the thought that you just wouldn't know. Yeah, you just wouldn't know. Although I bet on some level. I, I bet she probably did. I bet she had moments because she sounds very, very smart. But you know, yeah, she does. we always hope against hope, right? We want we want to, oh, no, 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 that's just, I'm just being this or I'm just being that. You know, we always, we're, so, we're told by society that, well, we're paranoid or we're overly sensitive, right? That's what we're always told. And so we start to, we internalize that. And we tell ourselves, oh, no, 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 you're just, you got to give them a, a chance. And 
you know, you're just being insecure. Or, mm. Ugh. Yeah, whatever, whatever it is, we can talk ourselves into or out of right. things pretty, pretty easily. easily. Okay, on to the next. Yay! Yeah. So, my company does speed dating events. We do live and online speed dating events. And this weekend, uh, what I want to this is what we're going to get into right now are counterintuitive choices and decisions that we make that. Um, that impede our ability to to meet somebody compatible. And I was telling Sarah about a uh, an event we had this weekend, and it was for ages forty two to fifty seven. And uh, my host called in the middle, and she said, "So and so just left. She there wasn't anybody here that she was interested in." And I said, did she seem okay? And she said, she seemed a little upset. So I immediately got on, I called her, I looked up her registration and I called her and I said, hi, my name is Kristen. You attended one of our speed dating events. She said, oh yeah, I was terrible. And I said, oh, I'm so sorry. I said, I'm so sorry. I said, was somebody inappropriate with you? And she said, oh no, everybody was lovely. And I said, is there something specific that happened? And she couldn't pinpoint it. And she really had nothing to say in, in terms of a reason. Oh, it just wasn't uh, what I was expecting. And so I said, okay. And we hang up and I call the, after the, you know, we do like a a post-mortem after every event with the host. And I said, so, you know, what do you think happened here? And and I I knew what my gut was because I had looked at her full registration and. And there was more to the story. story. (laughs) (laughs) So the event was ages 42 to 57 and this woman was 56. And so I knew in my gut what the problem was, but I asked my host, I said, what did, what did you sense? And she said, well, I think she, she might've felt like she was older than everybody. And that's exactly where I, that's exactly what I hit on. So if she thought it and I thought, I said, okay, we're probably right. (laughs) Uh, And that was a case of, you know, and, and this is, it's, it's ageist bullshit. And I just need to say it up front. It is ageist nonsense. But the reality is, if you go to a speed dating event, you're going to want to make sure you fall. If if you're a woman, you're going to want to make sure you want to fall within the lower to, to middle of the age range. Because yeah. most of the men will be to the middle to the high end. And as I, I looked down the registrations and yeah, she was the oldest, she was the oldest woman there. And there were like eight other women or seven other women. And I think she, maybe I'm, I don't know. I think maybe she just felt like, Oh, there was nobody there her age. And maybe she felt a little bit uncomfortable, but to me, that was a very counterintuitive decision. And I have to keep in mind, though, that there are not a lot of speed dating events or events in general out there for 50s and 60s. Okay. So they, I think a lot of times people sort of go to whatever is out there because there really isn't anything out there for their age range. Yeah, that, that makes sense. sense. Not, not that there's not anything, but that they would right. go to all of them. But then a few days earlier, I received an email from another woman, and she said – I'd like, I'm interested in the 37 to 52 event. Do you check IDs? And I replied back and said, only, only if we feel there's an issue. And she replied back and said, well, why not? You know, I'm paying to meet people in a certain age range. And it always seems like there's always older people at these events. 
And I recognized mm-hmm. the name. So I went back into the database and I looked her up and she was 50. And this event was for 37 to 52. And I'm thinking, so you're okay with meeting people potentially 10 years younger than you, but you're not okay yeah. with <laughs> spending three minutes talking to somebody who could be seven to 10 years older than you. Yeah. You know, and I didn't respond to the yeah. email because I thought this is a no win situation for me. <laughs> So I'm just going to take my toys and leave now. And again, here comes in my mind another counterintuitive decision. You know, and it seems it's it's also with dating apps or dating profiles where you know someone doesn't fill out a bio, oh I'm going to swipe swipe them anyway. And then they turn out to be just looking for sex. Or you're going to um do a, an age search for maybe not the most uh, a, appropriate age range for yourself. Like, let's say you're a 45 year old man and you're searching, well, I don't know, uh, late 20s <laughs> to mid 30s. Hmm. Yeah. Or late 20s to late 30s. Yeah. It's like, okay. And I would tell people, like, when I would see that on a profile, if I saw a man, uh, his preferred age range was, let's say he was 45 and his preferred age range was, um, you know, 30 to 40 or 25 to 40 or 25 to 44. And I would see stuff like that a lot, like one or two years younger. I was like, nope, no, no, no. Especially the ones who already have kids. Like, oh my God, you're terrified of dating a woman your own age, you know? And that's a counterintuitive choice. Right. Going to an event. Yeah. You know, and I see men do this all the time. Men will go to these events that are mostly, mostly attended by the early thirties to mid forties. And they're in the like late fifties. It's like, dude, no, no, mm-hmm. mm-mm, no. Good night. You don't belong here. You know, like, why are you doing this? And that's why when I hear all these stories of oh, online dating, it's so hard and it's so, it sucks. And this, And I can tell you right now, 75% of the people who complain endlessly about online dating are making really questionable choices. They're going after people out of their league. They're making counterintuitive choices. They're not utilizing, (laughs) they're not utilizing the profile or the space appropriately. I mean, we talked about this last week. It's like, no bathroom selfies. Why? Why? (laughs) I shouldn't have to tell you this. And yet apparently I do. You really do. Really, really do. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I feel like people just don't, there are certain realities that people don't want to face. And I think the other thing that really, really screws people over is the I'm X, but I look Y. (laughs) Oh God, that yeah, classic. classic. Oh, that's an oldie, oldie but a goodie. <laughs> and it's very, very difficult for those people to uh, accept that it's not how old you look; it's how old you are. Yeah, or that they're just wrong, and they they do they, actually I do look actually look their age. <laughs> so I, I just I don't know. I want people to just use more common sense. You know. If someone doesn't fill out a bio on their profile, they're not serious. They're just not serious. They, or they include like one, like 
one or two, like one line, no. Or a few adjectives, definitely not. Um, we, and we're going to talk about this and we're doing a bonus episode for Patreon this week uh, based on a, a story from the New York Times about the military scammers. And the, what I will always say to people is, if it feels too good to be true, it usually is. And yeah. that means if someone who a typically good looking, someone that you don't typically get on your own, someone whose attract uh, whose attraction attractive level uh, is or attractiveness is different or higher than what you're what you're used to. Be careful. You know, pay attention to those little those little things that just that stray from the baseline. You know, yeah. Or if they're just like super eager to lock this down, super eager to lock it down, and uh, or, or like just uh, have you had ever? I don't know if you you dealt with this. Have you ever dealt with the people who like? photobomb you if you give them their their email if you give each other they give them your phone number and they start texting you like pictures of themselves no, apparently this either. is a thing <laughs> where they're like constantly sending pictures like more and more pictures to people and i don't know like why people do that other than they feel very insecure and they want people to know that they're good looking or something i don't know i don't know either <laughs> i don't know where i was going with that one hmm. so in any case, well, I think it's it's indicative of um, too much attention, right? Too much attention being paid to a brand new relationship, or or not even get. A yeah, anybody who's you know looking for exclusivity after two or three dates. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's reason. a reason. It's because no one else will be it's, exclusive. Well, with them. it's that, or they have something in their past that they're, they're trying to lock you down before you find that out. Yeah. Yeah. They want they want to get you yeah. in before you find out like what their real story is, like that they're unemployed or that they're broke or whatever. A, a felon. felon. Yeah. Or that they got fired from their job for making up sources. Yeah. Which I mean, you know, to be fair to felons, like some of them are dating. Sure. You know, <laughs> But not all of them no. are dateable. And I mean, it's, there's definitely anti-felon discrimination. That, well, there. yeah, that's why I don't like, you know, look, I get the need to, to Google people. I, I get the fascination. I don't do it. Um, probably because I hated when people did it to me because I felt like they, they had an unfair advantage because I had a, a presence and they yeah. didn't. So they could learn more about me before I could learn about them. So it was just very unfair. So, which is why I didn't do it. Um, but I understand why people want to do it because they want to, they want to, they want to make sure, I guess, that the person that they're talking to is who they say they are. Um, but you really have to be honest with yourself. Like, if you're treasure troving, if you're dumpster diving in in uh, in the internet, in in search engines, and social media for somebody that you barely know. You're doing it for a reason and it's never a good one. You know, it's either that you are super, 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 super paranoid or there's something about them you don't trust. Yeah. Or you feel like you need the upper hand. Or you feel like you need the upper hand. I don't, 
I don't like how far some people go. And I definitely don't like when, you know, in these forums that Facebook, I told you that Facebook group I used to belong to, it was just a bunch of like fucking paranoid women who, and who wanted to poison other women because these, they've made bad choices. You know, they've gone for the players and they've gone for the men who, you know, that they knew probably weren't totally available. And a lot, there are a lot of people who will try and convince you that in there, look, there are some bad people out there, but for the most part, people are good, you know? And yeah, I think when you go into it saying, well, I want to make sure they're not a criminal, you're kind of going into it with the wrong mindset. (laughs) Because when you go into it with that kind of mindset, nine times out of 10, you're going to find something that is either inaccurate or that you misinterpret. Also, maybe don't discount all criminals. Maybe don't. Like, understand that, you know what, you know, who knows why they stole the car when they were 23? Like, who knows? Oh, I I was going to say, like, maybe they had weed on them when they were 21 or something. (laughs) But, I mean, yeah, something a little more benign than car theft, but... (laughs) But yeah, who knows why they stole right. that car? I mean, yeah, I would definitely want to hear somebody out, short of um, assault. Anything from assault and up, I'm like, nope, I'm good. Well, actually, no, you know, I can't. I think I said this before. My niece dated a guy who um, ended up in jail because he got into a fight with a guy because the guy was beating on a woman. And yeah. that's, uh... you know. That's that's a reasonable, that's a reasonable assault. Sorry, you know it's it still yeah. might uh, be indicative of some issues, but I don't know. I just feel like people fuck up. People are human, and I mean I don't know. Like they might not have a uh, criminal record, but that doesn't mean they're not an abuser. It just means they don't have a. Uh, there's no trail, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, exactly. like <laughs> we've all done illegal things. We haven't all gotten right. caught for them. Yeah, I don't think I've ever done anything illegal, but okay, whatever. Sure. So yes, you have. You've never drank. Oh, okay. Age. Fair. I smoke pot. Fair. Okay. You've never jaywalked. We've all done okay. illegal no, 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 things. Again, benign. But yeah, I, I just people fuck up, you know, and yep. um, it's. I think it's always good to be willing to hear somebody out, and I think it's also fair to let someone tell you something in their own time. You know, and I think that's something we're missing too. You know, if you don't feel comfortable with somebody, don't, you know, make sure you stay public and make sure you don't, you're nowhere alone with them. Um, But, you know, understand that not everybody wants to come out with the, the uncomfortable stuff like they're unemployed or, um, Oh, they don't have custody of their kids. Or, you know, there are all these things that people just feel uncomfortable about talking about. And I just feel like we're too quick to dismiss people. And I'm not saying, hey, give that person a chance. I'm not telling you to give somebody. uh, I guess I am saying give that. I'm, I'm saying show that person a little bit of courtesy and kindness and hear them out. But if you feel. Go ahead. There's, There's more, more to the story. story. That's what we're going to tell, call this episode. There's always more to the story. <laughs> oh, and that actually, ding, that's that's a uh, title for the episode. All right, 55 minutes. Oh, my God, Sarah. Nailed it. 
um, okay, we're going to record a, a bonus episode in a little bit, and we'll put a bonus episode up later this week. And we're going to be talking about narcissistic abuse in that episode, as well as the uh, military scams. So listen in. Remember, we are now womenologypod.com, and you can follow us on The Things, Twitter and Instagram at womenologypod. And uh, yeah, Sarah, anything else? Yeah. Nothing? No. Nothing? You sure? You watching that clock? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, we got a, we got a little buffer, but, uh, you know. We'll, we we'll don't. To use it. How about that? <laughs> All right, people. Goodbye, Sarah. Bye.